Looking into the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 21, verses 42 through 44. This was, this passage was during the time when the Lord was having quite an intense conversation with the religious leaders, and they were very persuaded about the things they were persuaded of, whether they were right or way off base. So the Lord got specific, matter of fact, easy to understand. And we're looking in on the words he said. Again, Matthew 21, 42 through 44. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. That's a severe-sounding statement, very true statement. And we want to fall on the Lord, but also it's interesting we find the word broken. Are we interested in that? Absolutely. Absolutely. We will be broken of Satan's bondage. We will be broken of Satan's chain and sin that binds us and controls us. We will be broken of habits of, and addictions, things that control us and take us downhill and ruin our lives and certainly take us further and further from God. We're interested. God doesn't break the spirit. He never breaks the spirit. The world does that. In many ways, the world does that. But God will only break things that we need desperately to have broken so we can be free. It might even include and will, even include our will. That's not bad. Thank the Lord many times. He protects us from ourselves. What a thing, just a fall on the Lord, and he will break what only needs to be broken for our own good, for this life and for all eternity. Thank God for that. But he never breaks the spirit. He brings life into our spirit. He brings refreshing in our spirit. He brings uh Rejoicing and renewal of our spirit. We want to fall on the Lord. Absolutely. When, uh, and we find it is marvelous. This is marvelous. 
That word is so fitting in there, isn't it? This is marvelous in our eyes. We still, we testify and think, and we can't explain it all. We marvel at what God has done and how, what he's done, we can't explain how he did it all. But we thank God for the rock Christ Jesus. We found some firm foundation and nothing else would would work. And uh, life is full of questions. Life is full of uncertainties. We want to land our life on Jesus. What a difference when uh, we read in the seventh chapter of Matthew, when the Lord, there's more words of the Lord. And he says, they, those, they that hear my sayings and do them, I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon the rock. Who doesn't want to be wise? We can be wise in this world's eyes. We can be wise in God's eyes. Can you imagine that? You can be wise in God's eyes. Men, women, girls, boys, you can be wise in the eyes of God. And he said, this is a wise person. I call him wise. That hear my sayings and do them. I liken them to one that builds their house on the rock. Life comes. It says the rains came. It didn't say all the storms quit. The rains came. The floods came. The winds came. And beat upon the rock. Life is full of things. Up and, and down. And yes, it does. Uh, that happens. The Lord didn't say that didn't happen. But you're on the rock. And he said the rock held firm. Held firm. But then those that, he said, I liken those that hear my sayings that do not. I liken them to one that builds their house on the sand. You notice there's no levels here. There's no degrees of, if you're not on the rock Christ Jesus, that I'm on, you know, the world is full of labels. And they'll label different types of foundations, perhaps, for people's lives. That, oh, this one, this seems like a pretty good one compared to that one. That's obviously bad. God didn't say, there's no levels. There's either God or otherwise. There's the rock or anything else, regardless of our label, we might put on it, is sand. It's that simple. So, um, you know, in construction... Even a child would know, when you learn very much, I need to be on something solid. If you're doing much of anything, you find out I need to be on something solid. That makes sense. If we haven't learned it as a child, we learn it pretty quick. That solid is good. To have our feet on something solid. And so, in construction, you don't even put it right on the top. You dig down to unloosened soil. Virgin soil, unloosened. We can go down that far. Hopefully you find rock. Bedrock, that'd be really great. And then you put a footing. Then you put a foundation on top of that. And that's only the beginning. And so, 
Only then do we begin to build. Does the Word of God talk about building? Absolutely. The Word of God tells us how to build, the details of building, how God will help us to build, what kind of materials spiritually to, to build, all of that. But right now we're talking about God's firm foundation. That's where we start. And oh, how good that feels, and God takes us from there. It's then, that's when we begin to really build our life, regardless of how long we may have lived already. If, uh, if there's severe threats to a build a structure, what first comes to our mind? You know, there's been a lot of weather going on throughout the, the country, and a lot of things washed away. And the first thing to come to our mind when there's things threatening is, I wonder what's under it. I wonder what it's standing on. Didn't matter so much when things were nice, but right now I realize it matters. What is the structure on? I wonder. Very important. You know, uh, that's part of engineering. That's the kind of engineering we want for our life. God's talking about the engineering for our life. Young For young people, what a blessing to know that's what I want right from the beginning. Right from the start, that's what I need. What a blessing to know that as a young person. And as an older person, what a blessing when you finally realize that. That's when our lives really start. Because after all, if we're not on the rock, everything else is sand. Sin is sin. Doesn't matter how it's labeled. We find there's more respectable type sins, maybe, to deep, gross, obvious sins. But any of those things are not the first question that will be asked anyone. We might think, looking at someone else, because people compare themselves to themselves, and the Word of God says that's unwise. Because we want how God looks. So wise in the eyes of God is extremely important. And so uh, the first thing God will ask and require of any person, what did you do with Jesus? Our minds think, oh, they're going to go straight to what their obvious deepest sin is. No, that's not what they're going to do. What, not what the Lord, will, the Lord will say. What first did you do with Jesus? He's a solid rock. He put it in place at Calvary. And then anyone else, you want to go to Calvary. He presented, he is the rock, the cornerstone. The chief cornerstone. And that's the main thing. What did you do with Jesus? And if we're not on the rock Christ Jesus, then we have no choice. There's no choice. We've turned Christ, our one and only salvation, solid rock, into our judge. We don't want the rock of all things of God to fall on us. Sure, it would grind us to powder, but that's not what this is about. That's, God is not willing any perish. He went to Calvary for everyone. And the Lord is in the in all things that religious leaders are threatening and, and talking about how they think otherwise and calling even God, Christ of the devil. Can you imagine? Thank God for his straightforward truth. It's just straight and plain. And so he, he just said it very, very plain. And so 
God is a judge or our Savior, our foundation for everything. You know, when, when it comes to something being a no-brainer, this is it. Of all things, no-brainers, this is the no-brainer of all things. We want Christ as our chief cornerstone. That old song we hear sometimes, Give Me Jesus. That's what the Lord is saying. We might try to straddle. Straddling on the edge of a foundation does not work well. You'd never build a house that way, would you? You wouldn't have a foundation there, but I'm going to build it half and half. If we, you never do that, but it's amazing how we might try it in our life. Try to straddle some, straddle some of the world, the Lord, that, that won't work. We'll lean, and how are we going to lean? We're going to lean towards the sand. We can't help it. It won't, a building would do that. And it'll continue to lean that way, and it will fall that way. We're not interested in straddling. It's very important to understand, to have that understanding that is Christ alone. In Ephesians 2, 19 and 20, we read, There is therefore are no more... Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. This sound great. Fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and of the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth upon Fitly praying together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. It was important for, of course, on the on the uh, the foundation built upon the apostles and the, uh, the 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 prophets. It's built upon their preaching, not on them. Their preaching of the one and only foundation being Christ. Jesus, the chief cornerstone. It was so important for anyone that's going to proclaim the gospel to have a grip on themselves, on themselves. So the Lord took very great effort in his disciples understanding what it was. So we read in Matthew, I'm going to read that, Matthew 16, 13 through 18. When Jesus came under the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, They weren't just chatting. God had a purpose. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? That is so important. But who do you say I am? What do you think about me? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. We don't take that lightly. The Lord didn't because he said, You know, we can't come to God except he helps us. And he helps every one of us. He said, Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, the rock Christ Jesus, whom he's going to be preaching, I will build my church, and the gates of hell 
shall not prevail against it. When we talk about the rocks, the, the, the building standing firm upon the rock. It was so important to, for these men of God, when they're going to preach the gospel, Christ will be gone after cru- crucifixion and the resurrection, that Peter declared upon this rock, the gates of hell shall not prevail. You in a trial? The God, God said the gates of hell cannot prevent. The things that God will do, it cannot affect the foundation and anything that is built on it. What a promise. Isn't this incredible? It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the gospel. What a privilege we have. Shall not prevail. Paul told the Romans, we'll read that too. Ye are more than conquerors. That isn't just talk. This is the gospel. This is the, the foundation of the Lord. Romans 8, 37-39. Yea, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. I mean, this is going too far. This is the truth. It's the word of God. Paul declaring the gospel. We need to know it. He knew it. He said, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. Wow. The gates of hell shall not prevail. We want Jesus. Give me Jesus. The solid rock, the chief cornerstone. More than conquerors. Before the law was ever proclaimed and given to Moses, that the Jews would so faithfully uh, stand upon and got it totally messed up because it only pointed to Christ. And here was Christ, and he was talking to these very same people that, that we're, we're, we're disciples of Moses, and they got, got so sidetracked, and the law was all about Jesus. That's what it was. It, was no, it, had, it had no other purpose than that. There's nothing in the law itself. It was pointing to God. The true Lamb of God, shedding these, these, these lambs and sacrifices because in your faith you're looking forward as we look back to the Calvary. And that's where it starts and stops as far as the law. But, but we find, we read, we read about Abraham. Abraham had it put together. He didn't have the law. There wasn't a law on that, but he, something in his heart. He yearned for something firm, and people talk about a purpose in life. He wanted his true purpose in life. He just knew that. He believed there was a God with all of his heart, but what and how? And so he began searching uh, God with all of his heart. No law, no instructions like that. Hebrews 11, 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which which he should after receive for an inheritance, huge land of inheritance he was walking around, he had no idea what God had in store. He obeyed 
And he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. No law before that, anything else, no encouragement. But he wanted a spiritual foundation. He wanted to know what would be after this life. He wanted to have peace and and to know he's heading the right way while he's in this world. Whatever all he felt, it'd be great to have a conversation with him, wouldn't it? What was driving you? How'd you feel? Um, We're going to be with these people some, not long. Thank God for the people of God. Or said that you are among them. And so, this is what he was looking for. There's always choices. He was with, remember, we know that story. Just quickly looking at Sodom. They, God was blessing. He was, the Lord had, had witnessed himself to Abraham over and over, and the Lord knew he was following the Lord. God was blessing his life. He found peace from God. He knew in whom he believed. A lot he didn't know yet, like we do too, even here, with, even though we have the word of God, there's still a lot we don't know in this life. But is he going along and, and uh, his nephew Lot said, we've got to separate because we're so, we have so much abundance and we can't just stay together, we're going to have to separate. And there was Sodom down there, in the well-watered plains of Jordan, and Lot said, I'm going there. What's Abraham going to do? What is Abraham looking for? He wasn't looking for a city down on earth. He wasn't looking for the kind of foundation that a place like Sodom would have. He wanted God's foundation. And so he wasn't interested in man's cities. He wasn't interested in the type of foundation man makes. He still wanted Found a place that had foundations, whose builder and had a city, whose builder and maker was God. So he said, fine lot, take your choice. And he, he went that way. And he just departed from, from lot. And you know that, what that story, how that went. And here the Lord said, Abraham, just take a look and you just look all around as far as you can see. That included the valley of well-watered plains of Jordan. It included everywhere he could look. So look at the stars. I'm going to bless your seed in abundance like that. Well, he couldn't comprehend all that. We can't comprehend many things. But Abraham's solid, solid trust in God caused him to be the father of faith. Thank God for faith. The father of faith, who he's got tagged, this is how he was tagged that. How was he tagged? He was, faith isn't something whirling around in the air as some magical, wishful thing. Faith has foundations. Faith is a substance. Abraham, uh, Abraham was called the father of faith because he was looking for God's foundations. And that's all he needed to do. And God took control. 
You know, when it comes to falling, we can think, oh, no, I don't want to fall. You could fall on the rock. Well, you could think, well, that's a sobering thing. I, I don't want to fall. There could be a lot of unknowns and, and all of that. But at the same time, it's easy to fall, isn't it? Oh, yeah. To fall when the Lord wants us to do is just let go. Just let go. We can hang on a lot of things. I'm right here. It's already paid. He made the foundation. Just let go and land on the rock. It's up on the rock. Well, what would it be like? I mean, what will I find there? Uh, a lot of unknowns and, and things. Let me, let's read one more item here. That this is what we'll find when we fall on the rock. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden's light. That's what we fall on. Isn't that marvelous? It's marvelous in our eyes. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his goodness. When I... uh, when I first read this scripture as a new convert, I thought I read this and thought, I, I, I don't know why I visualized falling because like who wants to fall? I even visualized falling off a cliff. <laughs> like who landing on what? God didn't say that. Remember, the, there's always a devil. That's, the devil's a liar. And he'll put all kinds of thoughts in our mind. That's not the kind of fall God is even talking about, but we do have to let go. Many times our long fall in our mind is in our... It's only in our mind. The longest free fall I ever had spiritually, and it was one of my own making to the extent to where I made a big deal out of it, was the free fall when I finally left my chair over in the tabernacle and I walked out in the aisle. It was like, it felt like a long journey. Well, you go here, turn on that street, go down, step out in the aisle. Oh, wow. Okay. Now turn and go right down past that post. Swing it around that and turn left and go right down to the altar. But to me, that was a big free fall. But when God said fall, did he mean for you to have a, just, yes, faith, we just let go. But this is what we land on, what we read. Not what I had all imagined. I thought the things that go through my mind. I found the peace of God. I found salvation. I just thought, hallelujah, I found solid ground. For once I know in whom I have believed. God is so wonderful. You know, it's easy to it's easy to fall. We try not to fall. Any of us can fall. How can it get easier than that? We can fall at any time we want to. I can fall any time I don't want to, but fall, the Lord says, that's all you have to do. Just fall on me. And this is what you'll find. Thank God anyone can do it. Can't beat that, can you? Anyone can do that. Anyone can fall. Fall on the Lord. Thank God he is our rock, the rock of our salvation. He is our chief cornerstone. It is marvelous in our eyes. Come to the Lord. Thank God for salvation. Let him save your soul. Let him lead your life. The storms will blow. But the Lord said, the rock stood firm. And yes, you'll find that to be the case. We'll stand and sing 581. Invited to come forward and pray.